0: And I was always laughing around because, you know, when one of the nurses are taking a long nap and they walk out of the room and the light first hits mm-hmm. you, you're like squinting like, oh, shit, I just woke up. And it's just wild to think about it. as nurses. OK, you're going to get back into CRT right now. or How's your ECMO patient doing? Or something went down and you're just getting reported. On- I got to go.
1: Hey. I've been working. Told him, please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bro. Just leave me alone. Hey. Was on the road, but I I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast, see I did it for me, now my old friends calling told them nothing's for free, told me time is money, dog. that's why I paid on my fees, I was starving for this game, now my fan they can't eat. Welcome everyone to the Couple Nurses podcast with your host Matt and myself, Peter, this is episode of 138. Before we start, make sure you guys check out a We got some cool content there. We got all our show notes from all episodes from the news and uh, Friday podcasts. We have a shop there, some cool nursing shirts. Uh, we got some nice, nice looking shirts. Like they're, they're pretty cool. They're popping, um, you know, just to show like your nursing prou- pride or just, you know, show that you're, that you're a nurse. And also check out weareflyingwarriors.com. Also a shop there. We post blog posts there as well every week and feel free to subscribe to our newsletter over there. A lot of cool content coming to you uh, roughly every week, a couple times a week with hopefully with each each episode, you also get a nice email with some information. And something that we've been lately working on called Pronto, Uh, this is going to be, or this is a project that we're currently working on. It's going to be something geared towards travel nurses, something to make your life a little bit easier when you're looking for contracts, gathering up all your your paperwork, your information to pass on to recruiters. We're just trying to simplify this this whole process. So what's up, Matt? Coming, coming soon. Mm-hmm.
0: So we're coming to you guys live from Austin, Texas. We actually officially completed our first week orientation. It was a good time. We learned a lot. Things don't change, really, as far as nursing. Honestly, it feels like we just got right back into it. So <laughs> on today's episode, we're going to talk about that experience in Texas, how nursing is, what we've learned, and how our maybe break was in the past three and a half months, because this nurse break is over, and it's right to it.
1: Yeah, 100%. And it, f- it felt good having the nurse break, and I feel like a new nurse coming back. Like, I feel refreshed. I feel relaxed. I don't feel burnt out. Like, I'm full of energy. Like, I don't mind going into work, because, you know, once you kind of get into into like those stretches where you've already been working three shifts a week for like six months, eight months, you kind of get tired of it. You know, especially if you wanna take a break or any kind of, um, you know, days for yourself or any vacation days, like it just drags on. So we're, so we're like yeah. fresh. I'm, I'm almost as happy as a new grad, you know?
0: Yeah, so especially like working the past, two pandemics and the waves. Mm. It feels nice taking a little break from the third one because Austin slowed down a little bit in Texas That overall. They don't have as many uh, C-19 patients. So it's nice being at like the end of that, third wave that they have experienced here because you know you're mentioning burnout like yeah it sucks going to work when you have like that feeling of not wanting to come in you're a little irritated and all those like burnout Mm -hmm. signs so it's nice
1: just being completely refreshed 100% and it's beautiful because like Matt said we're kind of at the tail end of of you know this year's um, you could say pandemic and everything is adequately staffed there's good patient ratios here here in Austin, Texas, and orientation has been a little bit longer than we anticipated. We anticipated getting maybe like one day of orientation on unit and maybe like a day off or even two days off off unit kind of stuff. But they gave us three full days of orientation on unit. So we got that full experience, you could say, because as travel nurses, we rarely get that. Sometimes we even get a partial shift of orientation and the unit. Sometimes they have you oriented for eight hours, and then guess what? The rest of the four hours you're taking patients. Yeah. Or but, yeah, but here, like Matt said, we're at the tail end of the of the pandemic. You could say the third wave, and at a, the, there's travelers there, and there's still good staffing there, so we came at a good time.
0: Yeah, and management like is holding on to the nurses because they know it's a little bit slower, and they're actually they, you know they precept us for three full days. They they have these task nurses. Uh, they're even holding patients where there's some med surge patients just kind of staying overnight. They're not rushing of getting rid of them because then they have to send a nurse home. So that's nice where it's like a common environment you could learn a little bit quicker, especially with all this new technology we're going to talk about. So
1: I feel like they're giving their nurses like a little break now, like a, like a little breath. So we're going to keep these travel nurses on still a little bit longer, even though we don't really need them. We're going to keep on just to give you that, you know, breather not that work actually fully staffed and able to calmly handle things, we'll we'll keep things calm. And then they have us there just in case something were to happen, which is cool. And this is the first
0: time I've been working with FEMA nurses. So usually it's always agency and other travelers as far as RT and nurses. And in this hospital, they still have FEMA contracts. So this must have been such a bad wave where like one of those RT guys, he was there for five shifts a week like he
1: he's hustling man females mess around are there still female contracts on the unit
0: they're finishing it up so so see how we kind of sign a contract so they're transitioning back to just uh lower paying travelers
1: yeah so before our nursing break we last did our travel nursing contract in california and now we're also in texas so to kind of talk about the differences between between states uh, in california we had the luxury of when we were doing nights we had luxury of having up to an hour break sometimes depending on staffing was and that was very nice. Here, we don't have the luxury, and it's more of like you kind of take you 30 minutes, but your coworker or whoever's in your pod is watching your patient versus how it was in California where we had those nice long breaks and it was a break nurse that would literally come to you and, and break you. Here, you have to tell your coworkers, hey, can you watch my patient for half an hour? I'm gonna go eat real quick. And then you just eat and you come back. Kind of like that Midwestern style. The, the buddy system. 100%, which, which is cool. You get to talk to somebody your, and your friends, but having that break in California, that was, that was always clutch.
0: Especially in one of the hospitals in Santa Monica, we had this... They like to group up their breaks and lunches, so we got a whole one-hour lunch. And let me tell you, you take the elevator to the third floor, dial in the code, and there's a room full of recliners, you grab a pillow, grab a blanket, you're getting some shade for an hour. That, that made night shift so much easier.
1: Yeah, and I loved getting my break at like 2 o'clock, because when you wake up at 3, you go straight to the labs. So I would do my labs at 3, maybe take me half an hour between the patients, then I would do my baths, and I'd be literally done with with patient care for the m- most part. You know, unless they shit themselves or something happens in between then, I'm good from like 4.30 till you know, 6.45 when I got to give report.
0: And I was always laughing around because, you know, when one of the nurses are taking a long nap and they walk out of the room and the light first hits Mm -hmm. you, you're like squinting like, oh, shit, I just woke up. And it's just wild to think about as nurses. Okay, you're going to get back into CRT right now or how's your ECMO patient doing or something went down and you're just getting report on this person that was like hypotensive and it's cool because as a break nurse that's all that you do that's your responsibility and like you still have i feel like a buddy but if something would happen are they going to come get you Mm -hmm. but as far as as in cali it's the law like hey that hour is your hour i ain't coming to
1: get you i could handle everything yeah and i I actually i think i was break nurse i think once or twice or something like that and i like being break nurse because you don't have to chart you know unless like you obviously do something or you know, sometimes I would do something and I'd tell a nurse, hey, I did this. And they would just chart it, you know. But sometimes nurses would be like, okay, can you just chart it? I'm like, fine, I can just chart it real quick. Well, break nurse was being cl- was clutch because you still get that patient care. You still get to handle some stuff and do some things and then be hands-on minus the charting. Yes. Plus, you just get to go around you and socialize.
0: Yep. And then as a break nurse, usually you have to break all the nurses first. You go last. So sometimes you might finish at 5, 5.30. Mm-hmm. Then you go take your one hour You wake up at 6.30 and you're basically going to You just make your rounds. Anybody needs last minute help? Nope. Okay. You're almost ready to clock out. 100%. It was a fun time. Fun time. So as far as in Austin, we still have the 30-minute breaks, which is nice because it's it's a break. But it's not as good as the hour. (laughs) So I'm hoping that we get laws put in place in the future. We vouch for this where there is safe patient ratio is one but also mandatory lunches like we need that stuff to listen to music or catch up with whatever is happening outside of work just to get a little like breeze of
1: like fresh air basically when you get back into your shift i'm saying it's totally doable like we saw how much you should have nurses were getting paid you know some contracts were eight thousand dollars seven thousand dollars six thousand dollars that's a lot of money a week and you know this this whole excuse that they always bring up is that, you know, there's not enough money for, for, for staff. not enough money for nurses. Nurses eat up and over the budget. I mean, yeah, but how can you tell me that the money is not there and that you're able to afford the, these emergency contracts for these nurses? So yeah. the money is always there. It's just not, not being used towards the nurses. It's being used somewhere else. So did they cut co- 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 costs somewhere else to pay for these, these contracts of 8K, 7K, 6K? No, it seemed like everything was still going up to standard, except this money just came from somewhere. So it was always always there.
0: I'm just thinking about it, like if I'm the CEO and I put myself in their shoes, wouldn't you want your staff to be adequately taken care of mentally, physically? Like we Peter and I have personal employees to help us with the podcast. If they're doing work for me, I would want them to be mentally there, right? If if they have trouble, they should take some time off. But we don't get that. It's like just rush it. You got to do it. Hey, 312, let's go, pump, pump, four or five shifts here's some pizza, here's some sweets. Yeah, 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 happy nurse's week, couple badges, keep on rolling though, you know? Yeah. Just not, it's not the way to run. And and that's that's why these hospitals was. are
1: failing. Yeah. Exactly, and so it's how it always is. Like, I'm not sure, like what has to happen because like travel nurses don't don't mind it very much because they're travel nurses, so they get paid higher anyways, right? So they're just, they're temporary for the contract, so they don't really have any kind of emotion invested <clears throat> into the hospital or any kind of attachment to the hospital because you're just contracted. The staff nurses are the one that are kind of, that kind of have the short end of the stick because they're there for longevity. And, you know, if these CEOs, these managers are paying these travel nurses this so much money and not, care, not taking care of their staff, then long-term managers just screwing themselves over because those staff positions are going to, or those staff nurses are going to leave those staff positions and they're going to join travel nursing because they get no benefit of being a staff nurse. They might just come here and travel. Yeah. Right. There's I know a handful of nurses that literally left their their hospitals and then they came back to the same hospital as, lo, as a local contractor nurse because they got paid more. I
0: know we're digressing here, but also what's crazy is Code Blue Nurse Meme. He's from uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Northwestern had like a note to all their employees mm-hmm. in their unit that they're not going to give references for employees that are seeking travel nursing. Is that crazy? So not only are you providing lower pay and a shitty work environment and these nurses want to leave, now you're going to not reference them when did this become about the hospital? Like, you should, you should have the ability to want your employee to do whatever's in best in their benefit, not the hospital's benefit.
1: 100%. When did that change? Yeah, and yeah, you said like they're screwing them over because they're not raising their pay, and also they're not providing them with the proper work history that we need to get another job. That's, that's so shitty, you No, know? So it's like- It's not discrimination? Yeah, it's just like they're trying their best to keep these costs low because their other option was to raise the staff nurse's pay, or B, let us have nurses go to travel, but to provide a reference, which would, with both, both choices would resolve an increase in nursing pay. So they basically shut the door on both. That's some shady shit. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you. So the next thing on our travel
0: experience is our delayed start. So ideally, any single time we started a contract, we always kind of had it go our way. We usually started on the same date whenever we decided, hey, to the recruiter, Let's go November first, whatever it is. This time around, we got kind of some pushback, and this this happened because hospital uh, these nurses, you know, they go up on all these platforms and all these have all these contracts. They got smarter and they they accepted a job that's in one month, and then in two weeks later to find another higher paying job, and they cancel on that hospital and work somewhere else. So what these hospitals did is they de- decreased the window, and literally we didn't sign our contract to like two weeks out so that was frustrating and because that happened we got pushed back from ideally starting october 4th to possibly starting the 18th of october to starting the 25th yeah. and we already moved out here a week before and we still
1: didn't work but things worked themselves out yeah but yeah it was kind of shady at the moment you know kind of just having to push things back a little further and further and further because then our end day for our contract is going to be Later in January than we anticipated. January 22nd. Right? Exactly. But it's okay. Our recruiter took care of us. You know, he explained the situation and, you know, I'm, I'm satisfied. Work's been good so far. You know, we got paid and stuff, so we're chilling.
0: Exactly. We got stipends for it, which is a cool thing because yeah. it kind of ended up on their end. So we still were able to work on the
1: podcast and everything that we work on while having a stipend. Right. So it actually, yeah, it actually worked on our favor because it gave us two weeks of more time to just, you know, help build a couple of nurses like our shop is now up. You know, we got a new theme going on over there. Uh, we will able to work on Pronto, which was super fun. We we're just able to catch up on, on, on work that, you know, we've been trying to play catch up with, which was cool. You just got to make the best out of your time. You know, you could have been, your contract could be, could be delayed by two weeks or a, or a week as well. You know, what are you going to just sit there and, and moan and groan and say, oh, well now I can't do anything. Well, you know, make the best out of your time. If you have two weeks, go explore the city, go explore your neighborhood. Uh, if you're traveling somewhere new, you know, go on a hike, Go go by the lake, depending on where you are. Just like try something out, do something fun. Because what are gonna sit, sit at home and do nothing? You know exactly. And, and I like that
0: mentality because we solve problems, not cause them. And that's what happened. Things got pushed back. No problem. What did the couple nurses do? Paid 40 bucks. We switched our flight to get to have a little bit later. Called the car rental company. Had to get that switched. Called the uh, uh, landlord, or I'm sorry, the the house association association or the we use a landing
1: and we've uh, rebooked and got the house taken care of. So 100% and in the meantime, we went to visit a park. We saw Joe Rogan live. Hell yeah. We checked out six East party town. Yeah. It It was a good time. We made the best of it. Yeah. And the next on
0: our experience is the charting system. So this is something that took us by surprise, especially when I was doing those education hours when we do the virtual thing, so this time around with orientation, we didn't have our typical like four or five days coming in for li- little things, going to a different facility for like the earlier mobility and the lift equipment. It was just one class online with a bunch of health streams. You learn how to use Meditech, which is their charting system. And then
1: you just show up to work. 100%. Completely different. But I like that because at least we got paid for that time. 100%. And when I was doing like the orientation and like online through Zoom or whatever, Program we use because it makes you do like walkthroughs with an instructor. They give you like a little, uh, you can say, it's almost like a, like a nursing case study, but the case study is you you charting. So they will give you like a patient, a scenario, and tell you to chart this kind on of a patient, you have, to, you have to do it. And when I first opened up Metatech and, and was following those instructions, like I was lost. Like this, like it's not color coded. It just looks so plain, so bare, and so like hard to look at because everything just looks the same. I don't know where anything, anything is. I was like, man, this is gonna be so hard. It's gonna take forever. And then I obviously passed that class, but then there was like a two or three, three week break in between that time and me actually charting in the hospital. So by the time I got to the hospital, I didn't know where anything was. And the way they were charting this hospital is my, uh, the, my preceptor, instead of like clicking through stuff, he would just tell me like certain buttons mean certain things. So I had Z, it would pull up the vitals. You know, F12 means going next, F11 means, go, means going back. So he would give me these key shortcuts that I had no idea about. And then I would chart that way and it, it's actually a lot quicker and a lot faster than than I than the way I was charting on Epic and on Cerner. Yeah, especially because like this system is, is outdated. And the fact that all we really have to do is technically like, kind of chart like once or twice a shift and then your eyes and nose one time and then you're golden, it's actually very quick. Like it, once you start doing meta tech and you're going through all the suspense, it takes a minute, you know, but then but then once you get past all that all that foo, then it's like flies by. Yeah, I it's, like, it's like it just is. the
0: initial thing of yeah. figuring things out. What's cool is you know, there's a hotkey when you're charting your assessment, you could press F2 and it pulls up the previous assessment. So you could kind of see what to chart because sometimes you need that. Right. So it's just convenient because it's all in your fingertips. You're not kind of crossing over. Yeah, cause, um, cause cause a lot more sure. keyboard.
1: Right, because yeah. you're not sure what's mandatory yet, right there. So if, if you're not sure, hey, should I be charting this? Should I be charting this kind of assessment? Because like, I've heard of this before, but, but we're, we, nobody nobody does on the unit. You know, we don't even have this machine to do it. And if you hit like F two or whatever to see previous charting, oh, you know, they left it blank because we don't do that. Yeah. So it's a lot of like, you you gotta figure out how to do it, just like with, with anything. But once you get it down, it's very quickly. It's very quick. And yeah, it's basically Windows ninety
0: eight versus a MacBook like the Epic. Yeah, percent. And and because this system is so basic, and there's not not a lot of like things to do on it there's a lot of paper charting and this is something that we been experiencing more than before. So they literally have like an assessment, like a little folder that has like all the drips you write out and if you titrate them, depending on what time you write it there, mm-hmm. your I's and O's, you go all into this one chart and then you uh, add everything up like manually And you have like your whole intake and output for the shift, and then you have to manually add that in to like Cerner or not Cerner
1: until Meditech. I actually like that because I guess see a lot of times if they didn't have that that hourly routing paper where you could write down all your drip numbers and all your eyes and nose, I feel a lot of nurses would forget what the eyes and nose are because it doesn't transfer over from the pump to the computer. So you have to kind of manually calculate how much uh, mLs of this. Fluid or this pressure or this antibiotic they got into the system it doesn't transfer. You got to do it yourself. So I feel like the hourly hourly rounding thing I think that's like very helpful because it allows nurses to to keep track because there's definitely because yeah. I can already see myself like not running it down and already forgetting how much the patient peed or the patient's temperature you know at that time.
0: Yeah, and plus when you're giving like change of shift report, usually you're looking at your sheet anyway. So it's nice because I'm not one of those nurses like to use the computer, everything to show nurses. I just have like this memory in my notes. This also reinforces that because here's this paperwork that now we're changing, change of shift and giving it to you. And you have my eyes and nose, you know when the vent settings were changed, you know when the drips were changed to what time, instead of going back and epic and certain be like, oh, I wonder when a nurse did that, I don't know. It's all in your face here and you hold on to it for your shift. 100%.
1: Yeah, and then regarding this contract as well, we were hoping for, for a day shift. We really were pushing for a day shift position. Uh, we ended up taking the night shift position, which was okay. Because we, like, talked about it for a little bit and realized, like, hey, we haven't done nursing in, you know, a few months now, so we're going to be kind of, like, fresh off the boat into this whole whole nursing ordeal we got ourselves in, you know, in Texas. So, and we, we talked about it, and we actually decided on this the night shift. It's a little bit more lax, you could say. People are still obviously very ill and it's very critical, except there's not as much hustle and bustle going on. There's not as much doctors asking you questions, not as much management there, not as much people there asking questions that, that we might not know. Because in Pasadena... When we were there working days, even though we we're coming off a night shift contract, working days, I got asked a lot of questions by different people that I just didn't know the answer to. Not regarding the patient, but like regarding where things are, uh, what has to be done, where, like... Because yeah, there's so many time, different yeah, people just running right, through the unit. Phone numbers, departments, like, has this person seen them? Has this person not seen them? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, you get a lot, a lot of that, and it takes a little bit of time to, to kind of uh, get used to that. Because you're in a new facility, so you don't know where anything is. It's not like you went on vacation for a, for a few weeks and you came back to the same facility. It's a whole new, new ordeal. So it's like you're learning from basically square one. So it, it's a lot of times you don't know how to answer questions and you just kind of feel frustrated, especially if some person keeps asking a question over and over again and you just don't know how, kids can't answer it because you just don't know.
0: That's why travel nursing for day shift is it's, tougher. It's tougher, yeah. You, there's so much to pick up on. Uh, you don't you have less time to think because there's just so much stuff going on. Doctors, rounding, this is happening, consultations are coming in and you're just a middleman. Or one thing about when we travel Nursing Cali is, is all these CT scans going down for that. That's happening. There's so much movement happening. It's it's fun. Yeah. It's fun, but just like you said, it's been three and a half months, so it was great going into night shift. It's lax. I have mm. time to kinda like get a, get back into my groove and it's
1: slower you know yeah, right. imagine if like nurses work 3 months and then they got a month off work 3 months and they get a month off i feel like people would be a lot more satisfied with life and they could maybe just get like
0: something where like school teachers have where the hospital takes some kind of percentage mm-hmm. to save it for them so they get that month off yeah. for 4 months a year right
1: that'd be that'd be pretty cool yeah maybe that nurse could we could, could just, test pilot that yeah or maybe the nurse could just work 8 months straight and then get those 4 off Possibility if you want to stack them like that, but that'll well, be tougher,
0: yeah. And then it's just a pain in the ass creating schedules mm-hmm. for a shift rotation like them, that. yeah. That'll be tough. But, yeah. I mean, that's why 12s exist because we saw what happened in Oakland when we, we worked those eight hour shifts with nurses, like things would have just got missed, mm-hmm, 100%. especially in the ICU. Like, you need to be on top of what's happening with the family, like, you, you, the shift. The nurse that started from three to, uh, 3 to 11 said a bunch of things, and the other nurse that's drawing lab doing nights doesn't care about it because it's night shift, and then days comes. You, you don't need to give Asther a report. You tell her something, and now the day shift nurse is learning things about how, this sh- how she should take care of this
1: patient. Mm-hmm. So it's not strategic. No. And, yeah, and I prefer to work three instead of five. Like, screw that. Let me get my three 12s, and then I'm chilling
0: yeah you want you want to like have that off switch and mm-hmm. do something different with your life and that's what's so cool about nights is you hear these people why they love working nights or one of my preceptors she said she didn't manage me before days all that stuff she was deep into it and then she
1: left because she just wants her three days she wants to have a different life let me just do my thing right it is what it is it's definitely a hard lifestyle doing nights but it does have its rewards and some perks there's for sure people that do nights just because of those rewards and of those perks and if you haven't done night shift you know maybe you could try it out especially if you think that maybe day shift is a little too busy maybe people are maybe you feel like a little overwhelmed uh, night shift is definitely a way to go because you can still critically think because there's not as much support there so it's more of like you take an action it's more of like your opinion hey what's going on you're like the primary person compared to days where everyone's kind of there and everyone kind of shares their opinion so you pretty cool
0: What's nice, too, is I'm going to, like, analyze my body, how it's taking nights. So I worked that first week. I I noticed how that second day I felt that, like, slap in the face, like, oh, okay, my body's tired now. So now I'm wondering, as these weeks are going to progress, how is my body going to feel? Is it still going to get, like, smacked around working those three shifts in a row?
1: Will I be able to bounce back easier versus the other four years that I worked as a nurse? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But what always really works out with these travel nursing contracts, and this is why we always tell people to kind of speak to management, speak to your manager, because a lot of times you hear nurses complain about their schedule. Hey, will I I have the ability or the power to choose my own schedule if I do do travel nursing because I want to do certain things in certain days? And a lot of people say, you know, you're not gonna get a choice or a say in your schedule. But so far, Matt and I, we've been really lucky that each time we've started a contract, we've literally got the same schedule. Maybe like two or three days out of those three months have been off just because of staffing issues, and that's not the worst thing in the world. So, like, don't be afraid to ask the, the scheduler or the manager if you can have a specific schedule. Don't don't think that just because you're a contract nurse and you get paid more or you're just there temporarily that you don't have a say in how your schedule sh- should be. If you and don't speak
0: up, though, exactly. it's not going to happen. It's not going to
1: happen. And what's cool is right off the bat, they gave us three three days in a row, three nights in a row, and that's clutch because I like that. I like doing my three in a row and so do you. And that's just, like we said before, it's just... We do a three in a row and get it over with. And I feel like this is the same way that this, that this hospital also operates, is because they start our schedule with doing three in a row. Yeah. You know, so they already kind of know. Hey, majority of our staff probably like three in a row. So these people probably also like three in a row. That's how we do things,
0: especially for nights. Like in Pasadena, we kind of got bounced around, and then in another contract in Cali, they were a little bit more. We got a balance it. We had that two one two one. So yeah, as a nurse. Schedule is important to me. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, I want to have those three and kind of bounce back into living a regular life. Another thing about travel nursing, make sure you're getting your CBLs paid for. So all the health streams that you did, if it's eight plus hours, that's like the usual it takes sometimes. It's like a whole shift of sitting around and doing these education hours. Get paid for it. Uh, Same thing with Meditech. We got paid and reimbursed for it. So speak up to your travel nursing company if you're a travel nurse listening to this because you
1: deserve that pay. Yeah, I think we got paid for the Meditech training is because that was considered like their orientation. Yes. You know, how we got paid in California to come into the hospital during the day to do those learnings and those, um, you know, those CBLs and the charting system. That's probably their way of doing it. I prefer this, this way. Best I way to, to do it. But I think we probably made a little bit more money doing the California style, right? Going there for two days, probably.
0: Yeah, because you racked up some hours. Yeah, first week, yeah. going, And you're kind of like still bushing around the
1: first week, even though it's, because here we're just straight at work. Mm. So it's like a different pace. Yeah. But well, it's cool. We got paid for doing a charting system for education. No complaints. Yeah.
0: And also get reimbursed for anything else you're doing for travel nursing. If it's ACLS, BLS, write that off. If you're getting your Texas license, just like we did, we had to get fingerprints. We had to get a uh, nurse verification from different states being sent out. California, which is a hundred bucks. You have to pay for the filing of the license to Texas wherever you work. Get all those screenshots and organize
1: it. Send it out to your recruiter. Make sure you get reimbursed for all that hard work that you've done. Yeah, 100%. Take advantage of it. Take advantage. Every agency reimbursed you for that. So don't be afraid to ask or or send over your like your receipts or, or your slips. And don't be afraid to bring it up. Hey, my friend's travel recruiting agency gets these certifications paid for, you know, can you pay for mine? They're gonna say yes, because they're trying to land you the job. They're trying to get you hired for their agency. They're going to reimburse you for it. Yeah. The one thing that kind of bothers me the most in this hospital is that you can't circul- recirculate the blood pressure outside the room. Yes, That's man. so annoying, because usually we have the Phillips monitors in these hospitals. Unfortunately, this one doesn't here in Austin. And philip monitors are so convenient because you could do almost everything from outside the room. Adjust, you can adjust alarms outside the rooms here, but you can't cycle different things. You can't do the same that the philip monitor monitor does. And, so frustrating.
0: And let's just say you set an alarm on your blood pressure cuff. The, the cuff went off and it's above like 160 and it's alarming. You can silence it in the nurse's station, but temporarily. You actually have to go physically into the room press silence to ultimately turn off that alarm. That's so annoying. I get it for the safety mechanism, G, that you did it, but it's a huge pain in the ass for nurses. Like We know our patients, we don't need to physically go in there because what if we're doing something, we just need to silence or maybe we need to do a recycle to actually confirm that maybe they're not, maybe they're sleeping on their side
1: and it's elevated or the cuff pops and it's low. Yeah. Yeah. Or patients, you know, on a BiPAP and apnea alarm is going off. You got to go all the way in there and turn it off. You know, the patient's really fine. He's sleeping except uh, he's on his BiPAP or his CPAP, except the monitor's just not picking up, you know, his respiratory rate for some reason because it's, sometimes it's a little a little wonky. But, you know, he's fine because everything else is stable and you can see his chest falling and rising, you know. And yeah. you got to go in there. You know, and it disturbs the patient, too, because you can't silence it completely. So maybe you silence it, you forget. Signs it again. You forget again. Or you get busy, and it just keeps going on and on and on and on. Super annoying. What is what it is. Texas is the cool to though. Yeah. The staff, the staff has been amazing so far. Like co-workers are, everyone's super nice. It's very team oriented. Yeah. Um, they have very good nurses. <laughs> uh They have pretty good physician. They have really good physicians as well. I've only met the NP, and I've only met the cardiovascular surgeon. But I've never, I didn't talk to cardiovascular surgeon. I was just there when he was. Uh, coming in for an emergency because the patient was deteriorating. It wasn't doing too well, so they had to take that patient back into into the OR, so he came by. It was a cool experience, but typical like every other uh, CV surgeon, you know they're um, not the nicest people in the room. Yeah, the
0: MCV. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because it just – that's –
1: sometimes their job sucks because they got to show up late at night, but it's part of your job, dude. I think it's more of like the fact that they like every surgery going really well, so it's more like the frustration where – where i did this surgery it went well and it's like god damn it it went well i did everything i was supposed to do but for some reason this patient is just not not doing well because something is just because we're, we're all different so a surgery goes the same way but the patient reacts to surgery differently yeah you know so it suck it's i could see myself being a hard bypass surgeon and and not be pissed because the patient or not be pissed because like i've been called so many times i have to come to the street reopen this patient redo the surgery more and so is that i'll feel like i failed like i shouldn't have failed like this was done all right. Like, why is it happening? It shouldn't be happening. Yeah, We frustrated with that.
0: Or he's doing a surgery and he was supposed to like use that extra stitch. He's like, Nah, I think this is good. Mm. And then they're calling at night because she's uh, rebleeding, and it's yeah. like, Damn it! I should have used that stitch, right. and that's why he's frustrated or something. Mm. But
1: yeah, but they're all cool. They're smart, very smart people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna have a good time in Texas. Mm. We're gonna have a quick three months. We're working on a bunch of things for you guys, and we're always um, evolving this podcast and this community, and we're trying to do some. Awesome things. We've, um, we're always promoting that we're doing this, this, and it's taken longer than expected. And it's just exciting seeing everything finally coming into place and we're building. And
1: we, we appreciate all these downloads and everyone that listens and stay tuned and re listens to these episodes. Yeah, 100%. And I'm excited to see what Pronto has in store for us. And that's Pronto, it's spelled P R N T O. And the website's going to be prontohealth.com. So it's going to be very exciting when it's actually goes live, and hopefully we can make every travel nurse's life a little bit easier and make every travel nurse a little bit happier and grow a community because, like, the hardest thing for a nurse to do with travel nursing is getting started. Yeah, It's getting started and basically figuring things out and understanding that at your staff job, you were kind of, you could say, babied with your certifications, with everything you had to follow up with because it was all given to you. Here you kind of have to manage it a little bit yourself because now you're the one finding yourself a job every 13 weeks, every every three months, you're going to be looking for potentially a new job. So you're gonna have to keep your resume updated, you're going to have all your certifications updated, your licenses, they have to be all stored in one area. Your social security numbers, your IDs, your driver's license, they're gonna be stored somewhere because you're going to have to keep uploading them. And what we wanna to provide to everybody that's listening is an experience that allows you to not only find a contract, but also get in touch with a recruiter from multiple agencies, as well as help you keep your profile and your paperwork all in one area. So you don't have to keep looking for it when the time comes. We want to help you do everything that's related to travel nursing, just so we can kind of get you traveling quicker and a much more convenient and easier manner. Because starting up a contract definitely sucks. Especially your first one. Right. And it's even harder when you don't have your shit together. So why not just keep all your shit together in one place? we're trying to bridge that gap revolutionizing the healthcare employment
0: 100%. Thank you everyone for tuning into this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed the show and see you guys in the next one. See ya. Peace.